You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hey, welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing our coverage of NipTuck. We're up to season six, episode thirteen. Joel Seabrook, uh, pretty dark and disturbing, but particularly interesting episode of, of NipTuck. It's uh, uh, first first debuted on twentieth uh, of January, twenty ten. Um, it was directed by Tate Donovan and written by Hank Chilton. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting into all the uh, interesting details in this episode. My name's Nick, and uh, I was performing a slip and dick to me. And my name is Ben, and I wasn't trying to kill myself. I was masturbating. <laughs> We've all said that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it just happens all the time for me. I just get caught, and I'm like, hey, no, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, I think a really dark episode, and I think the last time we kind of had a particularly dark episode was probably the, uh, you know, the Matt Gets Arrested episode, which we were on very opposite, you know, polar opposites um, in our thoughts about it. So it'd be interesting to see where we land with this one. Yeah, and I mean, I think I kind of alluded to last week that I, I mean, I'm not going to be as negative as I was about that episode. Um, one thing I, I just want to quickly mention, because I, I know none of us have mentioned, I think it's kind of interesting to note that we're in the 2010s now, so we're actually talking about the show being in the decade we're currently in. So there we go. That's uh, <laughs> just a weird little thing that I've just realised when you said what date it aired. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's super dark. I think it's, it's great that we kind of get this Kimber-centric episode and... Um, it's a weird one because, as I said last week a few times, you know, you don't really see it coming and it happens and you kind of, it's one of these things where you've just got to think about it for a moment. Like, did that just happen? And it's also, you kind of, which I like what they do with this episode, it's kind of not a 100% conclusion because there's still kind of a bit of openness in what is going to happen with this character. But, um, yeah, I I, I think this is a, a, a solid episode, and particularly, again, a season six episode that maybe, you know, punches above its weight slightly but again not on the realms of brilliance if any of that made any sense yeah yeah i mean i'm pretty open to to having a discussion about it and seeing where i land to be honest but um i think it's one of those things that's quite interesting to note that um i you know i think i've kind of said that there's a few things that kind of keep cropping up on that tuck and you know one of them is the kind of transgender issues that they just keep coming back up it's obviously a, a ryan murphy thing um i think religion kind of raises its head quite often because of ryan murphy's background and um suicide is actually another one that comes up often you know like we obviously had the whole megan story in, in season one and um, we had the Nanette and Babcock, I think, um, that mm-hmm. was back in season one too. Um, and um, there's others that I'm forgetting about as well. You know, this is something that we, we have kind of talked about um, fairly frequently on the show. So it's interesting that we've got a whole episode that kind of, um, you know, is centred around at this time. And what I appreciate about what Ryan Murphy does, and I mean, we know Ryan Murphy didn't write this episode, but at least this show does with this subject is that, you know, suicide, as we, we talked about with Megan, that it's it's a very tricky thing to, to write about and put on screen because it's very rare that you will have graphic depictions of suicide or particularly major characters committing suicide. And I think it's a brave thing to do. Uh, I, I never watched House, but from what I've read, I think there was a major character on House that committed suicide, was there not? So I think it's kind of, it's it's a rare thing that it happens and... You know, we're essentially spoiling the outcome of what's happening here with Kimber, but I mean, it's, it's just very an interesting way of doing it because, you know, it's, it's just such a rarity, but it's, it's done in a way that it's not, I don't feel you come out of this episode that they've just done it for a cheap stunt. To me, 
it feels like a solid conclusion to this character. As sad as that might sound, that I'm essentially saying I always knew this character was going to kill herself, but it, it, it makes sense. It's kind of like when, you know, John Hensley put into our head that he felt that Matt should have committed suicide. Something that I'd never thought about, but when he talked about it, you kind of can see his point, and you kind of wouldn't be opposed to that idea had that been written that way. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think... um to me, you, you make a lot of points that, that make sense to me. When it happens, it doesn't feel, um, you know, it might come out of the blue a little bit, but I think that's quite true to suicide in a lot of cases yeah, is that it exactly. does kind of come out of the blue, um, that people don't see it coming and, you know, somebody does it and, you know, they think, oh, I, I never saw the signs and things like that. So, you know, to me, I think that that's quite true to the whole, you know, the issues of suicide. So I think that's, that's you know, very true. Um, and I don't think you need to worry too much about spoiling things. Now, if people have made it to <laughs> season six, episode 13 of this with us and, and, um, and they're not watching the show before they listen to us talk, then um, I think it's a probably a fairly small sample size, I would imagine. <laughs> Just like our in listenership base in general. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into it, and uh, the previously on section is back all of a sudden and um, kind of sets up a few of the, the kind of Kimber Christian issues that we've got going on, and, you know, we kind of get this kind of fun montage of the two of them and everything they've been through over, you know, the last kind of five and a half seasons and um, kind of where we are now. I think it's, uh, you know, I don't often point out the previously ons, but I think this one does a really good job of kind of setting out what's going to be the issues in, in this episode. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, not a big deal, but it's nice to kind of, it feels like a good little collection of, of kind of Christian Kimber scenes. Um, then we kind of go on to our first uh, character of this episode, which is our, our titular character, which is Joel Seabrook, who's a guy who um, his son died, so, you know, attempted suicide by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge and um, basically sounds like he like, hit the water face first, which basically like completely smushed his face up. It's a, quite an effective um, piece of makeup here, I think. Um, yeah, and you know, basically he wants his face fixed. He wants to feel normal. He kind of wants to move on with life. And um, I, I think this is you know maybe one of the better kind of opening scenes with a patient that we've ever had on the show, which is you know maybe quite a big call by me. But I think it's you know it kind of immediately draws you into this episode, and, and you want to know more about this guy, and, and you know like you immediately feel sympathy for him so i think it's it's done very very well i think that the actor's particularly good um as i say i think the makeup works well so you, you're just immediately kind of drawn into the scene which kind of goes back to what i think we mentioned last week about the patients being strong this season despite the season generally being pretty rubbish is that they're effective and i think i agree with everything you say i think kind of this is very effective and it's it's done in such a way that you you're engaged immediately and it's just it's a powerful story and i think kind of you know if the overall theme of this episode is suicide it's it's done in a, a polar a polar opposite way in the fact that you know this guy kind of has that i guess cliche survival suicide story of i was in such a moment i needed to kill myself but i survived and oh my god i've got a second chance in life i'm not going to waste this you know i mean you know, not being disrespectful to those in that situation. But, I mean, that is a, a large portion of what you hear about people in these situations. And there was a very interesting documentary on uh, people committing suicide off the Golden Gate Bridge, which, uh, you know, it's very confronting. Uh, but, you know, it's it's very interesting. I can't remember the name of it, but I recommend people go out there and watch it. Um, you know, just, it's it's very fascinating. But I, I, I like this story. I think it's kind of, it's 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 unique, it's interesting, and, again, something that, um, you know, it, it, it may have some slight similarities. We had that, uh, was it season one when we had that, 
the couple, the, the, the gay guy and the woman who shot each other and they what, were turning 30. Um, and you know, he was, she was really jealous of him. I think that was in season one. Um, so I mean, it's not really that similar, but I guess kind of the whole notion of living life again and fixing a face. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with anything you said. I think it's a great start to this episode and I, I, I really think it's got a, you know, it, it's, it's done in a way again, which it's not in any way glorifying suicide, which Nip Tuck doesn't do in any way. That's what people get worried about, I think, when it comes to suicide and TV. But it's it's done in a realistic way. Because I think you summed it up well, that it does usually come out of nowhere. And I think it, these show, sort of shows shouldn't shy away from that this is a part of life, whether we want it to be or not. Yeah, I think so. And um, it's just good to kind of get all these issues out, you know, right up front. And, yeah, you are just immediately kind of drawn in and, you know, kind of hearing his story and you get a few kind of flashbacks to him actually jumping off the bridge. And, yeah, I think it's just it's really, really effective. So kind of setting us up with a nice little foundation to kind of go forwards. Um, we kind of go through the credits and we get to Christian and Kimber kind of having some bad sex and um, Kimber's kind of having these visions of Sean instead of Christian and, uh, you know, and, and Sean's kind of saying, why are you with this guy and yeah i think it's just you know we're playing up on on who who christian uh, sorry who kimber is and, and what her issues are in the scene and um yeah i think this is just just laying the groundwork for where we're going to go with kimber for this episode which you know these two aren't going to work all of a sudden when their sex is bad because that was kind of i think yes, the, the main yes. thing that really kept these two together wasn't it you know we've always heard that these two have had the most mind-blowing sex so if they're kind of having sean and julia sex from episode one sex then something's going on here yeah. so um yeah i mean it's 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 such an interesting scene and you know the fact that um this isn't the one where she fakes it is it that's coming up later isn't it or is this one yeah. where she fakes it oh no no this, this, this is it here I yeah because not yeah which, um, which the way yeah, christian and- kind of reacts it's kind of I like the fact that Christian kind of calls her out for it because at the end of the day, she did used to be a porn star. So, I mean, I think for the most part, he would know what she sounds like in those um, movies. So, you know, he knows that she can act. So I think he can probably pretty much, you know, pick it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, that's kind of going to set us up for where we go with Kimber and uh, then we kind of move into this Joel surgery scene and, yeah, I think we get some some good dialogue between the two guys while they're working on him and, you know, talking about, you know, how this is, you know, something like this would change you and, uh, yeah, and, you know, Christian's pretty, uh, I guess, sceptical about the whole thing, as, as you would expect Christian to be, and Sean's a little bit more kind of open-eyed about it, so it kind of feels pretty natural to these two characters, I think. Particularly when he sort of brings up the cancer thing, when he's like, you had cancer, and he's just basically like, yeah, I looked at life differently for a week, but then I sort of got over it, because that's kind of what happened in this show, isn't it? <laughs> like, I mean, we had all that with Christian when he had cancer, and all of a sudden, yeah, he's just kind of, you know, gone back to being Christian. So, yeah, it, it, it all makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah, very much so. And uh, so, you know, then we move into to Christian um, having this consult with, is it Mr. Weiss? I didn't quite catch his name, but he's basically got these uh, these marks on his neck and we, you know, that's from using a belt to, to strangle himself and he's into the whole autoerotic asphyxiation. It feels like, how did we get to season six before we got to a storyline like this? this? This feels like it would have been fertile ground way earlier in this show. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's... um. You know, you, you see this and you exactly straight away, you're like, what the hell? How the hell hasn't this happened before? But, uh, I like this actor guy. I think he does it well. Like, he's kind of, he's got this sort of blase nature about himself that kind of, he just doesn't give a shit. Um, he, he kind of reminds me slightly of the, the yoga guy who sucked himself off. Um, you know, he's just kind of like, 
he just wants to go out of his way that he's so proud of the fact that you know he, this is what he can do so um yeah i mean he's he's again in such a it's another case of having two very distinctly memorable uh characters you know through the titular and the the non-titular yeah, I think so, and yeah, it's always good when you've got a couple of good patients to bounce off in an in, in episode, so I think we definitely get that with this guy, and you know, obviously he kind of plants the seed in Christian's head about this whole thing, and um, it, it totally feels like a Christian thing to do, to experiment with something like this, and you know, to do it in a, in a stupid way that gets him in trouble, it's you know, totally not surprising really, so yeah, it, it's more kind of good setup, but um, I, I do really enjoy it, I think it's good, um, and, and then we kind of, we cut over to Sean, and he's gone to see Kurt. Um, and um, yeah, he's gonna. You know, he wants to help out with some pro bono surgeries. And I think this is so. Curtis is the character that we saw when they went back to Miami. It was kind of quite a quite a brief moment that we saw him there. But uh, then we get a bit more here that you know this guy's working with some um, charity that's basically going and doing um, pro bono kind of uh, surgeries to help people in the developing world. And you know, this feels like a real Sean thing to do as well. You know that he kind of wants to make you know the most out of his skills and, and not just be doing boob jobs. For the rest of his life and this feels like we're starting to get to the end game with Sean that we're starting to see some development now that he doesn't just want to be who he's always been he wants to make use of what he's got so this is where we're starting with this and uh, yeah he's going to be involved in a, in a pro bono surgery um, you know with with his mate uh, Curtis which, which I think too really does set the seeds for how Sean will end on this show. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I really like the, is it Nazolo, the, the helper dude at the beginning? Uh, yes. I like him. Um, just a random little guy who really has no difference to this show at all, but I just kind of like him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Curtis too. Curtis kind of does his thing. So, yeah, I just think it's, it's a, you know, kind of one of these little things that it's just sort of a, you know, a bookmark, bookmark this point kind of, you know, what's going to happen for Sean as we get to the end. Yeah, yeah, and it feels nice that we're kind of getting to that point where we're starting to see, you know, what the end game for Sean's going to be. So, no, I really enjoy it. I think it's, it's good. It kind of it feels in, in keeping with the character. So, yeah, it's really good. Then we kind of move into this... Uh, the sex scene with Christian and Kimber and he starts choking her and it's, you know, it's pretty obvious that she's not into it. I think he's kidding himself if he thinks that she enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, then we kind of almost go straight into another scene where you know, Christian's talking about it to Sean and Sean's, Sean's pretty unimpressed by the whole thing really, isn't he? Which it baffles me kind of what we're going to get with Sean and Kimber next. But uh, I know we've said it a few times, but I don't think we're getting away with this scene uh, 2018, are we? Uh, I mean, this is really a... It's, it's maybe it is just for the fact that the last 12 months or 18 months or however you want to say long it's been and sort of the, the, the media and kind of everything that's happened with the Me Too movement and just, you know, domestic violence, particularly in this country. I don't know what's like in New Zealand, kind of just the, the whole stigma and everything around it. Um, that this scene is kind of hard to watch in some ways compared to, you know, all the stuff that's, that's changed people's perspectives of this sort of nowadays. And I'm not one generally to look at things differently because again, I'm the one who can easily say, well, it was a different time. And again, I'm not necessarily saying it's acceptable just because it's a different time, but you know, things are looked upon differently. But my point is I, it's kind of just, you watch this through, I think in different lenses now uh, in today's society than you did in 2010. But Again, it's it's an interesting scene kind of with Christian doing this to her. And the thing that I don't understand is because it's implied that she orgasms through this, but obviously is hurt through it. And then, yeah, I don't, because, you know, we know Christian generally can tell 
but it, I, I just don't understand that part about it. Like, she does finish, but then she doesn't like it. I'm not saying just because you orgasm, you're meant to like it, but I don't know where I'm going with this. Stop me, please, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's kind of meant to be... Um you're kind of vague and, and and unsure you know you're meant to kind of read it in a couple of different ways really and um, yeah and i think that's kind of one of the one of the good things about the scene that i think it works really well because you aren't entirely sure but i think kind of the scenes we get following on from that it feels like you know kimba's show shows her hand a wee bit that she didn't enjoy it um that would be my reading on the scene anyway. Um, yeah, I guess we'll probably just jump jump past the, the neck surgery, which is also the throat surgery, which is pretty gross, but um, it's kind of just a little scene. And then we kind of just move into this one where Kimber comes over to Sean's place and he kind of drags her in. And, um, yeah, she's got all these big marks all over her neck. And, uh, yeah, she kind of wants to stop what's going on between the two of them, that, you know, it's, it's no good. And, um, yeah, she's, she's uh, yeah, she's kind of really... Um, yeah, I guess kind of um, laying the law down there, isn't she, really? Which, again, it's sort of the way Sean just kind of does this. Like, again, you kind of, you know, assume he's just getting one up on Christian because this is kind of what he assumes she likes. But I, I kind of thought it would be the other way around, that Sean would kind of be more concerned for her. But it's kind of, again, it's a very sort of confronting scene, the way he kind of just handles it, and she's just kind of, like, saying, like, stop, stop. But, um, you'd, I, you've sort of been the one to mention about that, um, weird sort of three-note sort of thing that we've had throughout the season. This is kind of the the thing that I actually like that I think that works this episode, is we kind of get a, a sort of a rehash of the Colleen thing from last season. We've got that piano music in the background. Uh, it's, it's different to the Colleen sort of music that we had, but it's it's got a similar vibe to it, and I think it does ultimately work when we get to the boat, but it's kind of, you know, I want to call it Kimber's theme or something like that, because it's kind of, you know, the thing with Kimber, just this episode, everywhere she goes, she's getting, like, pushed away and abused and just, you know, whatnot. She just can't find her place, which I think this whole episode summarises the Kimber character perfectly, because it's kind of, this episode is just a, you know, a brief little snippet of what Kimber's life has been across this show. So, yeah, I think kind of that, that theme works effectively throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's it is one of those times where the, the music does work really well. Um, I think that they've kind of gone back to the well too often with you know kind of bad music. It's not even music; it's kind of just like three chords or whatever. But um, you know, in this case, I think it does work quite well. It's kind of hit that kind of creepy note where you just feel unsettled the whole time, and you, you you're not always sure why. You know, the scenes the scenes that you're you're kind of being presented with don't necessarily make you feel that way. So yeah, I think it's um it, it is quite effective. And then we get this kind of cool like fake out scene i suppose you'd call it we're kind of you know just smash cuts to christian going oh how long has this been going on you cheating bastard and you think that you know sean's kind of coming you know <laughs> coming clean with them about the whole thing and uh, that's actually not the case at all it's because they've got this pro bono um patient you know in surgery and, and christian hasn't been informed about it so it's quite a fun little kind of fake out there i think and um yeah and kind of christian walks out and they talk about you know that he hasn't told him yet that he's going to africa for a month so kind of setting up uh you know, some potential conflict there. Yeah, and it's... um, I love kind of just the way Christian reacts to this and sort of Curtis's reaction to it as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of just a, a good setup, And I, I do... It's one of those ones where, like, the fake-out sometimes can kind of annoy you because you're kind of like, oh, come on, like, you know, you know what they're trying to do. But I, I think you kind of, like, feel it straight away. Like, oh, my God, like, that was quick. But then you obviously realise it's it's not the case. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a good scene. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and then we kind of move into uh, Mr. Weiss, I think his name was, um, doing the, the follow-up scene with him, and he's masturbating, and it's not as good. You know, he wants to get out of there as soon as possible, so he can start choking himself again. And, um, you know, kind of Christian talks about his experience choking Kimber. And, uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting little scene, I suppose, um, kind of setting up what Christian's going to get into next. Yes. And again, I think you said it earlier that you kind of always assume Christian's going to go there. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's one of these things where it's, it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, the whole yoga episode, as I said, like, you know, Christian obviously mentions he nearly tried to do it and we obviously got Bradley Cooper essentially trying to do it at the end. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to lead up to, I think, where we're going to get to, but maybe not to necessarily the absolute serious consequences that ultimately will happen in this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then we kind of move into this uh, this scene with Kimber and uh, basically she's smoking some weed and reading the Kama Sutra. And it's just one of those times it's kind of like, where the hell are Wilbur and Jenna? Like, yeah. these two kids just don't exist at all. It's, these guys seem to be just living this whole life without them. It's, it's very odd. Um, but, yeah, and then we kind of get this, this, this sex scene where she kind of fakes it and, it, you know, it doesn't go all that well. And, uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's kind of just again more more just set up you know and but in a good way i think when i say set up it sometimes comes across as you know it's not important but i actually think this is good kind of really just setting up that these guys have conflict and and you know it's not being resolved they're kind of just going through the same problems over and over again and um, that's probably going to end badly for both of them which again she's reading the kama sutra and not doing the kama sutra so why is she reading yeah, the kama yeah. sutra i'm confused yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, just, just laying more groundwork for why Kimber does what she does at the end of this episode. But, uh, yeah, then we kind of, uh, we have this, I think, quite a nice little scene between Kimber and, uh, sorry, um, not Kimber, um, Liz and Sean. And basically, you know, she's, she's cottoned on to, to his plans to go to Africa and, um, you know, and, and she's really supportive of them. And I think that that's really cool. It's kind of nice to hear somebody that's actually pleased for Sean and it's not all about the conflict. There is actually somebody and, you know, Liz is that kind of person who's been, the kind of the moral compass for a lot of the show and for her to kind of give the, the seal of approval on what he wants to do is I think kind of quite important really which we haven't really talked a whole lot about sort of the conclusion of what we're going to get to towards Liz and it's you know she's kind of gone dormant since the whole Christian stuff ended but I think this scene's important to setting up what's going to happen between these two moving forward towards the end of the show um because yeah. it's kind of I mean, back when a similar storyline happened, I think, again, that was season two. I, I honestly forgot about this storyline that we're going to get between these two. But it's kind of, again, it's something that you want for Liz because I, I kind of like what they do with it and kind of think that it's important for Liz to kind of go that direction with her character. So, yeah, it's a small little scene. But, again, it's, it's done in a way that it's, once again, laying out groundwork for what's going to come. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, then we kind of get the whole... Uh Christian autoerotic asphyxiation scene, and I just the whole time I'm watching this, I think this must have been so bizarre to act. <laughs> it must have just been the most the most odd scene to be acting out for um, for Julian McMahon. But uh, yeah, obviously we kind of see him get the belt, and, and you know he's kind of on the corner of the the shower, and um, and you know he kind of puts it around his neck, and it kind of all goes wrong. And um, yeah, basically kind of Kimber comes home at just the right time, I suppose. As always, um, yeah. Cause, uh, Yes, and I guess this whole thing is that you're supposed to do it, um, you know, with a, you know, with a safety person involved, and, and Christian's never going to do that. Though it's not his style, so yeah, it's, um, you know, he's putting himself in, in some danger here. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, 
you know, it's quite interesting. And then, you know, kind of get this whole thing. He has this moment of clarity when Kimber kind of brings him around and, uh, you know, that they're not meant to be together and he's meant to be alone. And, you know, this is the kind of moment where the two of them basically are, are over at this point. It's, um, there's a lot of information to unpack in this, this scene. Well, all of a sudden everything's just crumbling around Kimber like tenfold. And, um, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's super convenient timing that Kimber come home at that point, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I just find it weird that he's doing it around a shower thing. Like, I mean, that's just, you know, maybe, is that what happened with Michael Hutchins? I mean, allegedly. I mean, that's not confirmed. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of odd, but like, you're right. Like, I mean, it'd be one of these things that if we ever get Julian McMahon on the show to be able to say, like, so Julian, uh, during the 13th episode of the sixth season, when you had to, uh, choke yourself whilst masturbating, tell us the, uh, difficulties you went through whilst acting that scene. Yeah. Um, if he ever does a Reddit AMA, that's the question we need to send in. Yeah. So. Well, it's actually, one of the things about it too is that it's actually, it looks very real, you know, like yeah. it, it does look like all the, all the kind of blood drains out of his face or whatever, you know, like it, it does look really, really good. I think that, that um, you know, it, it feels to me like there's obviously been a bit of, um, it's not all in the makeup. He's obviously committed to, to this to a degree. And I think that that's quite admirable. He's probably even really masturbating in front of the entire, like, you know, crew right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you see yeah. his bum, yeah, well, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is, as you say, it's this kind of horrible moment for Kimber where it all kind of, you know, crumbles around here and, you know, this whole thing we've been building up the tension, building up the tension, and then this is the moment where it kind of breaks. And, and I think it's, it's, it's well delivered. And then we, you know, go straight into another scene where it's kind of Sean comes home and uh, Kimber's kind of sitting in the shadow talking about, you know, Kim, um, Christian's dumped her and, um, you know, I think Sean is, you know, makes some really interesting points here about this is, you know, this is an opportunity for you to get out from underneath this guy's shadow and live your own life. And, um, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, he's kind of done you a big favor. And I think that that's a really good message to be delivering here. I think, um, you know, Dylan Walsh, give him lots of credit. I think he, he acts off Kimber really well on these scenes. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of have this scene because, you know, particularly the way Sean says, you know, you and I aren't, weren't anything like it was just sex or whatever he says. So, and it, it again, because like, Kimber also sums it up well. And like, props to Dylan Walsh. I think props to Kelly Carlson here. I think she just does this so well, particularly when she's kind of saying about how, you know, she essentially always needs someone. And that, that I think is the summary of the Kimber character that she always yeah, yeah. needs to be with someone. It doesn't matter, like, if she's in love with Christian, like, you know, we've seen it, you know, she had the bouncer fiancé to then being with Christian and to having that photographer model guy and then, you know, through Sean and through um, Christian again and then through Mike and then through Matt and, you know, Bram and E. Like, there's always been someone there. She's never just not been single. It's just, it's just the Kimber way. So, um it's kind of what we're going to get here from, you know, Christian through to Sean, and then she's going to ultimately end up back up with Mike again. So, yeah, I think it it's just... Kelly Carson handles this beautifully. I just cannot believe that she, you know, this coming from a, a model who had only acted in TV ads before, to yeah. be this so good at acting that she never even got considered for an Emmy or a Golden Globe through all this. Yeah, very underrated, and we've kind of talked about that a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think these are some of her finest moments, which is cool, you know, when a character kind of goes out on a high. You know, the storyline might not be good, but, you know, the kind of character and the acting is really on a high here, which is great. Um, I think she kind of delivers a line, and I'm not exactly sure what what it is, but, you know, basically saying that she accuses Chris, uh, sorry, Sean of, 
you know, either hating Christian or wanting to be him. And I think it's, it's quite an interesting way of, you know, that she's somebody who's always seen as a bimbo, but she's actually able to kind of cut through the crap and, and see what these guys are really thinking. And, you know, I, I, I like that they kind of give her some credit for being, you know, smart and perceptive at the end of it. So I think that's really cool. And uh, then we kind of move into, you know, Kimber's all of a sudden kind of smash cut and she's on um, Mike's boat and um, he's turned into a real asshole. Um, you know, basically you get this whole scene where, you know, she thinks she's going on the secluded boat trip with him and that she's kind of thrown all the dice into, into being with Mike and um, when she gets there she finds that there's all these other models on the boat and um, yeah and he kind of is a bit of an asshole is like oh you know um, you know, go and get the wine for us type of thing and uh, yeah this kind of leads into a, a really kind of dramatic final scene where you know she kind of walks out the back of the boat and um, and, and I just think it's all really well framed, it's well shot and uh, you know just the, the kind of reactionary look on her face as she's kind of you know making this final decision and, and then you kind of get this wide shot as uh, she jumps off the back of the boat and it's um, and yeah I just think it's all very very well delivered here. Which We'll say it right now, this is the top five scene of this season. I think no question about it. Um, and I think it's done in such a way, like with the music and the build up and it's kind of, you know, we've only had Gina's death to kind of go through for this. Um, and again, Gina was a major character for one season and even then she's not, she's, Kim, Gina's always been the, the the one who just pops up a couple of times in a couple of seasons, you know, season, hey, asshole, and she's gone. But I still think she was significant enough to warrant kind of what we talked about last season with her. This is our first major character, and we're just spoiling it right now. She's dead. She's killed herself. She's she's not coming back. So this, I mean, come back in a flash forward or a flashback, whatever you want to say it. But this is it for Kimba. And I think kind of I like how they leave it open-ended because I, for one, watching this the first time was shocked, and I, for one, assumed she was going to come back. Um, I guess like most people probably would for the first time, but she doesn't. So, and this again just goes to what I was saying at the very beginning, just the way they handle this, you know, a major character killing themselves. It's just, it's just unheard of. It's, it's not done that often. So particularly at this time, I mean, I think it's maybe a little bit different now with 13 reasons why and things like that, but 2010, it wasn't really done that often. So it's powerful. You, you kind of, it does take you a while, as we've said a few times, to kind of accept this and stomach it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, as I said again before, I just, I've come to terms with this as such a, a, almost a perfect ending for Kimba. I hate to say it because we love Kimba, but you know, it's, it's just done so well. And you know, I think it's kind of, it's weird they sort of bring Mike back here, but I think it's almost done in a way that it's effective because, you know, you could just had Kimber going to the Golden Gate Bridge or, you know, jumping off a, a cliff or something like that. But it's kind of done in this way where, as we said, Kimber always needs to be with someone. So, of course, she's gone running straight back to the last guy who proposed to her. And, of course, you know, with Kimber's luck, he's changed his mind and become this asshole all of a sudden, you know, and only a few weeks ago he was declaring his love for her. So, I think it just makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect ending and it's just... It's so dramatically done, and, you know, I I think this is not maybe... It, I don't think this might be the number one moment of this season, because I'm maybe thinking there's one moment in the finale which probably be the number one, but at least I think this is going to be in the top two for sure, because I just think this scene just way too powerful, important, and just everything amongst it that it just stands out. Oh no, I don't think it'll make the top five. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's um, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's really good. Um, but I think one of those things too is that you know I kind of think of 
suicide scenes and, and TV shows and things, and they always seem to be like dark and drab. And I kind of like the idea that this is done in full daylight. You know, it's it's kind of just a different way of doing things, and um, yeah, it just it just works on basically every level that you need it to because you need this moment to really be sold to you, and 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 they do they sell it to you really really effectively. So yeah, um, yeah I think it's it, it, it just is it's important to get it right, and and they do a really good job with it. So yeah, I mean, I think we'll definitely be talking about this when we when we talk about our top five moments for sure um but yeah i think it's interesting as well that it's kind of left a little bit ambiguous as to what's happened so kind of the door is left like i wouldn't call it a cliffhanger but the door is kind of left open to you know they might find her yeah which um, i like you know because yeah because i can't go going into the next scene is that you know kind of sean's making these plans with curtis on the phone about their trip and and kind of um christian walks in the kind of you know he kind of he's like it's kimber you know she jumped off the back of a boat and the coast guard thinks she's and it kind of stops there and you kind of think he's about to say dead and like she's missing or whatever you know like it's just it's kind of left open so that you know there is some intrigue going into the next episode which i think is is a really good idea like they don't play this as a cliffhanger exactly but they also leave you with a good reason to come back for the next episode which is cool which uh, i i think is just it's done well i think that gina dying off the cliff uh the building yeah you ended on that because it was shocking you won't expect that to happen here you are kind of left thinking and hanging and you know i, I said it a few moments ago I, I didn't think she was dead i thought she was coming back and i don't even think it's ever specifically said she's a hundred percent dead it's just i'm pretty sure from memory it's just a look. The Coast Guard have looked for two days, and any one longer after two days, she's not alive. So, no. Well, I think yeah. To kind of like spoil the next episode, there's no funeral. There's no kind of you know we need you to come and identify the body. There's no yeah. scenes like that. So it is kind of left open, and I wonder if maybe there's a sort of you know if they continued on with the show or they came back in a year's time or whatever that they could actually reintroduce this character in some way so but you know in terms of what you actually get i don't think you you're left feeling disappointed that oh you know it's not clear if she's dead or not like to me it's pretty clear and you know i I don't feel cheated out of that at all yeah uh i agree i think it is definitely one of these ones where you know it it is kind of left to a point like I always compare to 24, but, you know, it's, it's one of these ones where we seem to find a few similarities. But, you know, spoilers if you've not seen 24, but it's kind of like in season five when um, Tony's, you know, supposedly killed and then it's, you know, he didn't get a silent clock, which was the ultimate tribute to a, a passing character in 24. And fans were just absolutely outraged. Like, how could you not give, at that point, maybe one of the top two, three characters of all time in 24 and not a silent clock? And the creators always kind of were very, you know, sidestepping and, t- you know, tiptoe around the fact, well, maybe he's not dead, maybe this, maybe that. And, of course, ultimately, he wasn't dead. So um, we knew at this point that Nip Tuck was well and truly going to be cancelled. But, again, the, you know, it could be a case of who knows. And we'll talk about it, no doubt, in the in the series wrap in a few weeks' time about possibilities of reboots. Would we like to see this? Would we like to, you know, not like to see this? But if it ever does come back then there's this door, isn't there, that Kimber's maybe alive because isn't that the age-old cliche with television and movies? You don't see a body, they're not dead. So you never know. Yeah, totally. But I think, yeah, as I say, I, I also don't feel that we were kind of cheated out of it. And I agree um, with that too. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think we kind of, it's the best of both worlds, which is which is kind of a weird thing to say, but yeah, I mean it's a good scene, and and um, yeah, I think the kind of the the scenes between Sean and like Sean, uh, sorry, Christian's just completely kind of shell shocked by the whole thing and and not really processing it very well, and it's kind of this weird moment between the two of them where they're not really sure how to react or what to say to each other, which you know feels very real to me. It feels like kind of what you would get if this actually did happen. Um, and then we kind of the the kind of final scene here is that Sean's sitting at the the table or whatever and, and uh you know joel our character right from the start of the episode kind of comes back and he's you know the the surgery looks pretty amazing um you know he's looking more or less back to what he was and uh yeah he kind of um you know thank thank sean and says it's you know giving him a whole new lease on life and, and all that kind of stuff and um it, kind of the scene uh, the, the sorry the episode ends in a, a bit of a depressing way as well where sean kind of you know basically puts his, his plans for africa literally in the bin which is uh, a bit sad um yeah but it, you know it, it's kind of basically sean's having to put his his friend before you know which, you know, these guys don't really like each other very much but he still you know, recognizes that he needs to put christian first in this situation so it's uh yeah, it's it's quite an effective end to the episode, I think. Which, yeah, I, I I think you're right. It's sad, but it's effective. And I think kind of you still think that there's still hope for these two. Um, it's not completely dead and buried. And, you know, again, you know, in the long-term setup of what's going to happen between these two, I think that's important. But um, one thing I just want to quickly ask, Nick, before, you know, obviously you close it up here, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder with you hosting this episode, but I think it's important we, we you know, have done this on Lost, we did it on Third Watch, and I think, I'm pretty sure we did it with Gina too, is that when we do lose a major character, I think to eulogise them slightly, I mean, I just think kind of, you know, particularly with Kimba, given that she's in sort of our main six throughout this run, so... I mean, overall, Kimba, I mean, just final thoughts on her, because I, I just I just think it's important when somebody dies in a show that we've covered for so long that we kind of take a few moments to just talk about them, you know, our, our, our love for them, our dislike for them, you know, what worked, what didn't work, things like that. Well, I think everything that you need to know about Kimber is that, you know, she was supposed to be a, a, a one-episode character, really, in that first, in the pilot, and she was obviously so impactful that they brought her back and she became a major character and, and you know as we've said a number of times that she's not an actress she's she's a model who kind of just made this character her own and yeah i think just a, a, a really really interesting character to watch it look i haven't liked every single storyline we've got with her um but for the most part I've, I've found her to be a very interesting character throughout this whole show um yeah, I think it's um, you know, a big loss to the show, really, in terms I know there's not long to go, but, you know, I think she's been such a major part of the show basically the whole time, you know. Um, so I, I think she's been a really, really important part of the show, and um, I'm, I'm glad she's here. I think she's added a, a dynamic, and I think that, you know, as I kind of said earlier on, I think she's often, you know, played out as the, the blonde bimbo, but she's often very insightful and can see things that nobody else can. So um, I think she, overall, I think she's been a very, very um, good addition to the show. And I think at the end of the day, too, um she's just she left such a mark on the show and i think it it shows when we get to the very final scene of this series that there's a there's a connection to kimba um and it's just yeah like as you said she was meant to be a one time character you know she appeared in 82 episodes of this show um you know that's that's crazy and i i think it's such a such props to her to, to how she developed across the seasons at how well she you know developed this character and just really really stood out in some stuff and 
you know, we go back to, was it season four with that scene with her and Christian kind of, you know, when Christian took advantage of her and how well we talked up sort of that scene and just some of the stuff we've had this and, you know, she's, she's really kind of just come all the way with this character and, I again, I'll say it again for the thousandth time. I think it really makes sense, kind of how this ended with her, and again, something we always repeat about this cast—how that we just don't understand how they haven't gone on to anything. I mean, after Nip Tuck, uh, her her filmography is just minuscule. She was in four episodes of the reboot of Melrose Place. She's been in an episode of Castle. She's been in a show called Ghost Faces, uh, a show called The Finder. Uh, she was in a movie called Jimmy. And she's currently at the time of recording this in a movie called The Reason. Um, now that's counting after Nip Tuck. That's six things that she has done since Nip Tuck. And that, that's ridiculous because she's a great actor. She's, she's great to look at. You know, I think she ticks so many boxes and it's just such a shame that she really hasn't done much since this show. And I mean, there could be reasons for that. She could have simply taken a step back. She could have, you know, gone out of obscurity. She might have retired. Who knows? You know, she, I will say she is one of the ones that when we've tracked down for interviews, we, we can't really find any sort of agent contact details or anything like that for her. She's a hard one to track down. So she's definitely one that, of course, we'd love to get all the cast in the show, but, you know, I'd almost put her up there with, with Dylan McMahon and, and Julian Rich, Julian, yeah, I can't even speak probably, Julian McMahon as people who I would really like to speak to because I think her story, kind of how she started in this show, right through to how she was in the end, would be a fascinating one to talk to her. So... Yeah, Kelly Carlson, you're, you're a brilliant person. If you ever listen to this, I have nothing but the nicest things to say to you, and uh, I appreciate your time on this great TV show. Yeah, and I think probably it's interesting to look at her in terms of the other females on the show, and I think, you know, we had Jolly Richardson, who's, you know, I think probably somebody who's celebrated as a, as a good actress, generally speaking, and I just never really thought that she kind of fit the Julia character very well, whereas I feel like, like kind of Kelly Carlson just walked straight into the Kimber role and it you know, just felt natural and it felt like her from, from scene one, yeah. you know, never ever felt like she was forcing anything and um that's that's a real mark of, of somebody that's um you know good at what they're doing. So yeah, totally agree with everything you're saying there. Well, props to you. Rip Rip Kimber. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think that probably just um, leads us into um, rating this episode, and I think I'm actually going to jump in first for a change here. And uh, this is one where, you know, kind of when I turned it off, I thought that was a good episode. Not really sure if it's, a, you know, definitely not a bin, but you know, probably a high rent. And I think as we've talked this through, I think there's some really, really good scenes here. So it's actually going to n- nudge very, very slightly into the buy category for me, which is maybe not something I expected. But there actually isn't much in this episode I don't like. Um, and you know, sometimes it's not a mathematical thing of you know how many how many bad scenes before you tip it over into a rent or a bin, but. To me, there's nothing in here that I haven't enjoyed watching. So um, I think the, the, you know, obviously the stuff with Kimber at the end of the episode is amazing. I think the the rest of the stuff is at its very worst is competent, and you know, in, in the middle, it, it's pretty good. So um, there's no reason for me not to buy this episode, which you know, I think that's three from season six so far. So that's probably more than I expected to. Well, the funniest thing is, is that I thought I was going to be the crazy one saying what I was about to say because. I, in the middle of this episode, changed it to a buy as well. So, um, I think you and I have both talked ourselves into this because, you know, again, the same opinion as you. I kind of stopped watching this and I had this as a very high rent. 
Um, but like I will say, I have this as the lowest possible buy. It is forty eight, which is the lowest of the buys. But yeah, I still think this is a buy. So I, you think you'll, you know, shock yourself with three buys, and I've shot myself with two buys from this season. And who knows, <laughs> there might be at least one more to come. I don't know, but um, yeah, I, 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 it's a, it's an episode that I think does stand out. Again, it's the second best episode of this season so far, but um. You know, it's still going to go down with a green next to it. So, uh, look, who, who said we can't talk ourselves into good things on this show? <laughs> well, I think you need to find two more to buy, don't you? Because don't you need to have at least 50% of buys for the show? So, um, <laughs> I think you, 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 the pressure's on for you there to try and find two more that you can buy. Mm, well, hmm, maybe. So, maybe next week's not an episode that you're going to buy then. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting one to kind of follow up on from this one where we get Kimber's mum is introduced. Melanie us and, Griffith! Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And, of course, Christian takes a liking to her, as you would expect. Um, we also get Sean getting into a, uh, a you know, an inappropriate oh, liaison with somebody. So, yeah, I think that that's, uh, there's some interesting stuff to, to talk about there. And, uh, yeah, I think it's... Um, you know, it's that kind of, you know, the episode after a big event. So it's always one that's worth watching, I think, to see how things play out. And this is the episode, I don't know if you remember back when we did uh, Kiki. Um, I always got that because this has got a, a a primate element to it as well. Um, yep. And I always thought this was the Kiki episode, but then when that didn't happen, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that episode. I didn't realise this episode was so close to the end of Nip Tuck. Um, but look out for Frances Conray next week, who plays one of the women involved with this, because, um, you know, an established actor, but she's also um, a Ryan Murphy favourite when it comes to American Horror Story. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's interesting to see her, um, you know, in this again, sort of, and eventually go on to be more of Ryan Murphiness. But uh, Melanie Griffiths, can I just say... She is the perfect casting for Kimber's mum. Like, just, yes, just putting yeah, it out there right up. now. Like, I wish we had have seen her with Kimber on screen because, Jesus Christ, yeah. she's brilliant in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very good. And uh, so it will be another fun one to talk about, um, see if we can maybe nudge up a couple more buys. But uh, definitely into the home straight now, only six episodes to go. So we're uh, we're, we're closing in on the the, uh, the end of this. Yeah, it's it's so crazy to think that we are, you know, socks episodes away from finishing this show, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's it's mind boggling. I just I never. It's weird when you start these shows, you're so enthusiastic, and you're like, yeah, wow, well, we're going to cover this, and you kind of get to a point where you, I mean, it's not like you're not enjoying it, but you kind of realize that like, holy fuck, there's a hundred episodes of this show that we have to sit down and go through, so. Um, it's definitely not an easy task, but we for sure are excited that we're nearly at the pointy end and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, six weeks, well, eight weeks if you include our two conclusion episodes that we'll do with it too. So I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to, uh, closing it off as much as I've been enjoying, uh, doing this along the way. Yeah, we're kind of like cricket players now, aren't we? We're kind of we're nearing the century, and uh, you know, just a f- just a few more runs to get us there. And uh, the nervous you know, we, we don't want to. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we're definitely in the nervous nineties at the moment um, for a variety of reasons. But uh, we uh, we'll hope we'll, you'll come back and and listen to what we've got to say next week as we continue on the the finishing stretch of these episodes. Um, but in the meantime, uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter and and YouTube, and uh, you know, give us a rating on on iTunes, of course. Um, 
uh, yeah, if you want to drop us a line and give us some feedback, we're more than happy to hear from you. But, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, um, and we look forward to coming back and, and talking to you all about that stuff again. Uh, my name is Nick, and uh, you look like a bitch in heat. And my name is Ben, and I'm asking you to fix this, not judge how I come. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.